I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. It's time for us to have a talk about where we are and how you and I are both going to have to change our thinking going forward because the country's changing. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Happy Veterans Day to all who have served. A big salute to you. And actually, let's, let's start with veterans. Let's start with the mentality it takes to fight for your country. You know, you have to change in certain ways when you go overseas and fight in a war. I will tell you just as a personal story, I wasn't married, no kids, no nothing like that when I went off to Iraq. I had my parents and my sister. 
and I had a picture, one picture, only one, that I had of them. Kept it in my Bible that I traveled with. And I would see these guys all day long. And understandably, you know, wives, kids, girlfriends, whatever the case may be, parents, sisters, brothers. And they would read letters all day long. And they'd go back and they'd read them again. And anytime we'd have any downtime, they're looking at pictures and they're talking about them and doing those things. And I understand all that. Certainly not a criticism. I allowed myself to look at that picture of my parents and my sister one time a day, briefly. I would open it up some point in the morning after I got up, look at it for a second, put her back in, and moved along. Now, that sounds harsh to a lot of people. Maybe it is harsh. Maybe it makes me a bad person. But I wanted to stay alive. I wanted all my guys to come back alive. I wanted to change where I was mentally until I got back home. I'm not son Jesse. I'm not brother Jesse. I am killer Jesse until I step back in the United States of America. That was the mentality I had. I'm not telling you that that's right. I'm not telling you it's wrong, but that's the way I wanted to do it. Now understand this. There are times in your life where you will face something where you need to change your mentality. Sometimes for a short period of time, sometimes for an extended period of time. But there are times you're going to have to change it. And I'm telling you right now, for the long term, you and I need to make adjustments to our mentality. No, I am not telling you to go home and tie on the Rambo bandana and put camo paint on your face and arm up for battle. I'm not saying that. I would never say anything like that to you. Well, I shouldn't say never. Who knows? But I'm not saying that to, that, that to you today. What I am saying to you is this. It is human nature to want things to be calm and peaceful, isn't it? Don't you seek that out all the time in your own life, in your personal life, in your marriage? Do you enjoy having a big fight? No, it sucks. It's miserable. Aren't things better on the back end of one usually, though? Of course they are. There's a time for fighting. There's a time for peace. Going forward, you are going to have to understand the left is not moving back to the center. They're not. In the United States of America, they are moving left, and they're going to move left a lot faster than you think they are for one simple reason, age. The more moderate Democrats, if you even want to call them that, Nancy Pelosi wouldn't be considered a moderate, but certainly a more pragmatic one. She just wants to get done what she can get done. Nancy Pelosi's 8,000 years old. Joe Biden is 10,000 years old and fading fast. The older, more moderate Democrats are old and they're going to start dying and they're going to start retiring. That's not actually an insult. That happens to all of us. We get old and we go away. It happens. The younger Democrats are radical leftist nutjobs. And that 30-year-old, 35-year-old idiot congresswoman today like AOC, we'll talk about in a second, yeah, it's fun to point at her and laugh at all the stupid stuff she says. Ha, 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 AOC's dumb. Yeah, she's going to be in leadership one day. You realize that, right? These radical nut jobs, they're going to be in major positions of power one day. And beyond just the congresspeople, the senators, the president, whoever it may be, professors, professors in this country used to at least attempt to hide their beliefs. We have open communist professors now, open socialist professors now. They're teaching your kids things 
and sex ed in schools in America that would horrify people now. That's happening in America. The things Hollywood is pushing. The things professional sports are pushing. The country, the culture, the left is going hard left. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just letting you know. So on the right, here's what we are running into. And I see this all the time. I especially see it with our Washington, D.C. politicians. I see it with our Washington, D.C. pundits. There's a human nature desire for peace and quiet, and they think it can be achieved with the left without completely losing. It cannot. It can never be. I see it all over the place when it comes to this election, which we'll get to later on in the show. All kinds of irregularities all over the place. And instead of making sure they're dug into, I don't know whether it's going to change the election results. It probably won't. Maybe it will. I don't know. But instead of making, making sure things are dug into, if there was fraud, let's figure out what it is. If the left did something wrong, let's dig into it. I see it everywhere. Republicans are all, oh, man, this is so dumb. Oh, I can't believe we're even looking into this. He has no chance. Just laying down. Because they think, here's what they think. They think when Trump's gone, things will go back to the way they were. And what I'm here to tell you today, things are never going back to the way they were. Empires, nations, republics, they change over time. America, going forward, for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, it's not going to look anything like the last 10, 20, 30 years. That's completely naive. I'm not here to tell you it's gonna be doom and gloom, we're all going to burn down. But as the left pushes harder left, there will be, I don't care about your fussy degrees or you live in DC and you work for this high level DC magazine, I don't care. The right, the people who choose the candidates on the right, who choose who the next presidential nominee is going to be, They will move further this way as the left moves further this way because nature always seeks a balance. And so people on the right, and you and I have to come around to this, you have got to stop seeking peace and quiet when it comes to politics. This is what worries me. I hear this all over the place right now. Well, at least if Biden wins, things will calm down. Well, these things will calm down now. You know what? At least it'll quiet down. I'm not here to tell you that Donald Trump was some quiet, reserved field mouse and didn't bring anything on himself. But you understand the left did the last four years of angst and panic and anger and chaos. You understand they did that intentionally, right? I mean, you get that they do that on purpose. Leftists have always done that in the history of the world to seek power. They will cause chaos and fear and angst. Oh my gosh, he's a Russian agent, Russian collusion. Oh, uh, we have to impeach the president of the United States. Oh, coronavirus, everybody's going to die. Everyone, look, you better go home. You can't open up your business. Oh, Black Lives Matter. Do you, don't you, are you racist? Why don't you say Black Lives Matter? Raise your fist in the air right now. Over and over and over. Constant agitation. Every single night on the news. Every single day in print. Ah, ah, the world's ending. You realize while the world was ending with all that chaos and panic and anger, Donald Trump, and you know I'm not some Trump worshiper, Donald Trump pulled off one of the best four years of a presidency I know of, ever, ever. You know he reimagined trade deals? You know he brought home American prisoners that were held in foreign dumps from all over the world, constantly negotiated bringing them home? He has our enemy in China more isolated than they've ever been before. Pre-coronavirus, 
We all made fun of him. I certainly did in the primary when he said he was going to be the greatest jobs president ever. And he actually ended up being the greatest jobs president ever. Peace in the Middle East between Jewish countries and Muslim countries? Wait, what? I'm talking signed peace deals. Oh, yeah, we're vacationing back and forth now. What? Donald Trump was an incredible president. And yet people have allowed themselves to think, ah, oh, it's been chaos and anger. Ah! And they think that that was Donald Trump created. Again, I'm not saying he's some peaceful, quiet human being. The left did that on purpose. The left, the Democrats, the media, these street groups, they did that on purpose, intentionally. So you would go to the polls and seek out quiet. I just want things to quiet down. That mentality is going to kill us going forward. You cannot seek quiet. I want a peaceful, quiet life myself. I'm not going to live under leftist rule, and I'm never going to have peace and quiet until they are defeated. You saw what they pulled. They all did it. The Democrats, Joe Biden's been all over the place saying it. Kamala Harris has been saying it. As soon as they said he won, which he hasn't won yet, but as soon as they said he won, what did they do? Every one of them sounded nice too. Now's the time for unity. Now it's time to heal. They do it on purpose. You know that, right? A four-year hissy fit to make you and I miserable. And as soon as they take power again, they try to calm you down. Oh, it's okay now. I'm here. Oh, don't worry. All that street stuff's going to stop. You're going to have to change your mentality. You cannot seek out quiet at all times, or we're going to lose. Here's AOC. Just one re-election. Future of the Democratic Party. Quote, It's time for Democrats to take our gloves off with the Republicans. We're always messing around bipartisanship and how much we love working with Republicans all the time in a lot of these sensitive areas. We need to have an unapologetic agenda, have an actual alternative and counter-messaging that is distinct from the Republican Party instead of trying to play notions of civility. I just really hope that it gets through to a lot of people that this idea that we can win over white voters on civility argument is not a reliable strategy. I love her. It's not just because she's a solid six. I love her because she's one of the only ones dumb enough to say what they're all starting to think now. They're moving that way. There's no coming back. Rashida Tlaib, quote, we're not going to be successful if we're silencing districts like mine. Me not being able to speak on behalf of my neighbors right now, many of which are black neighbors, means me being silenced. I can't be silent. We can't, say that so, we can't say that so willingly when we talk about Trump supporters, but we don't say that willingly for my black and brown neighbors or from LGBTQ neighbors or marginalized people. Jim Clyburn, he sounds like he's ready for unity and healing, right? And then I've been telling people for a long time now, I'm beginning to see what happened in Germany back in the 1930s. I, I never thought that could happen in this country. Uh, how do you elect a person president, then all of a sudden uh, give him the authority to be dictator. That's what we're teetering on here. Uh, that's what Hitler did in Germany. He was elected chancellor, and then because he uh, successfully discredited the news media, took over the churches. I cannot see that happening here. It may happen, but if it did, uh, that means uh, that the American people are much more or less, I should say, 
uh, intelligent uh, than I uh, think they are. What a moron that guy is. You Hitler? You ready to seek out peace and quiet with people who think you're Hitler? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out on that. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. It's time to change your mentality. Now, you know cybercrime is up 75% during the coronavirus pandemic? 75%, everybody's living online right now. Everybody's living online. So these home title thieves, they're living high on the hog. They're cleaning people out. Go get HomeTitleLock.com before they get you, and they will get you. Your home title is just sitting out there. It's vulnerable. It's online. They can hack it, forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it. You have to pay it back. Go. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO. That gets you 33 days of protection. And don't go after the worst happens. Go now. We'll be back. Well, there's something to be said for confidence. And I will tell you, Trump's team, Trump's lawyers, Trump's people, they don't look like they're losing. Trump's about to be holding rallies, big rallies. That doesn't look like a man who thinks he's not going to win. I'm skeptical. You know I've been skeptical. I, I just, I, I don't have enough faith in the system that even if it was that bad, they'll be able to over, overturn it. But when we have news like we have today, that they're recounting by hand every vote in Georgia, that is big news. They already called Alaska for Trump. Trump is back within striking distance in Arizona. He has a chance, a decent chance of winning Arizona. This, this bad boy might not be over. I mean, they asked Mike, Mompe Mike Pompeo about the transition team. I thought he answered pretty well. Is the State Department currently preparing to engage with the Biden transition team? And if not, at what point does a delay hamper a smooth transition or pose a risk to national security? There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. All right, we're, we're ready. The, the world is watching what's taking place here. We're going to count all the votes. When the process is complete, there'll be electors selected. There's a process. The Constitution lays it out pretty clearly. The world should have every confidence that the transition necessary to make sure that the State Department is functional today, successful today, and successful with the president who's in office on January 20th, a minute afternoon, will also be successful. Don't you think that line of questioning is fascinating? Because you're seeing it all over the place. You're seeing it all over the headlines. It's, it's, are you going to concede? Why haven't you conceded? Are you working with the transition team? It's time to transition. Whoa, 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 don't worry about that. Let's just transition. But they're desperate. The leftists, the Democrat media alliance, they're absolutely desperate to just have this transition take place. Joe Biden is not the president-elect. I know I said this yesterday. I know I said this the day before. I'm going to keep saying it so you can keep unplugging your family and friends. This is not a left point of view. This is not a right point of view. It's not Democrat, Republican, up or down. There are certain facts. The facts are, as of right now, Joe Biden does not have enough electoral college votes to be the president of the United States of America. He is not the president-elect. I don't care how many headlines they put it in. I don't care how many newscasters say it out there. He is not the president-elect. He might be one day. He could be. He's not right now. There is no transition because there is no president-elect. But it's weird, isn't it, how, how much of a rush they're in to get this done?
Uh, just transition. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some voting irregularities, whatever. Just transition. It'll all be fine. Joe Biden's out there it's not talking about it. Well, um, I just think it's an embarrassment, um, quite frankly. Uh, the only thing that, uh, how can I say this uh, tactfully? I, I think it will not help the president's legacy. I think that uh, I know from my discussions with foreign leaders thus far that they are hopeful that the United States democratic institutions are viewed once again as being strong and enduring. That's weird because, you know, I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to introduce that Joe Biden to this Joe Biden. Vice President Biden, final question for you. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm while the vote is counted? And will you pledge not to declare victory until the election is independently certified? Yes. And here's the deal. We count the ballots, as you pointed out. Some of these ballots in some states can't even be opened until Election Day. And if there's thousands of ballots, it's going to take time to do it. And by the way, our military, they've been voting by ballots for since the end of the Civil War, in effect. In effect. And, that's, and that's what's going to happen. Why was it not, why is it for them somehow not fraudulent? It's the same process. It's honest. No one has established at all that there is fraud related to mail-in ballots. Man, did that age poorly. And of course they've established, established there's fraud I'm so tired of people buying these lies and pushing these lies. Why do you think everybody doesn't do it? And the ones who do do it, the ones that aren't Democrat run, why do you think they're fanatical about the security of it? Because the risks are endless with mail-in ballots. Otherwise, everyone would just say vote from home. The most secure place to vote is in person, showing ID, on election day and that's exactly why the democratic party is trying to drive people away from doing exactly that and everybody knows it come on all right i understand these are stressful times i do and i'm getting emails all the time about people going through anxiety jesse i'm anxious jesse what's going to happen i think i had four text messages in the last 10 minutes that i've ignored on my phone jesse can you tell me what's going to happen is he going to win just people are... look go to doctorstrustedcbd.com right now and get some cbd please please there are natural solutions out there for your anxiety for your sleeplessness for things like your joint pain look none of us are getting younger my right knee hurts right now I'm going to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com and I'm going to get it fixed. And when you go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com, if you use the promo code JESSE, you actually get 10% off your order. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Joining me now, editor-at-large, RedState.com, Kira Davis. Kira, I see a lot of this on the right, and I heard a lot of this coming up to the election of, oh, maybe it'll be better if Biden gets elected because things will calm down. I just want things to calm down. And I think we have to change that mentality. We have no chance, Kira. They created chaos on purpose. I understand Trump's chaotic, too. They did all that on purpose. How can people not see they did that on purpose and now they come out with the healing message? 
No, I don't even think that they really want to calm down. I mean, I can't believe all week long, uh, for this last week, I've been thinking, gosh, the left should be so happy. They're cheating their way to an a historic win. Like, they're winning. They should be happy. And instead, every liberal and left winger I know is out there whining and moaning about how half the country still voted for Trump. Like, there's no healing. AOC is out there talking about lists. We need to put people on lists. Even Jake Tapper is <laughs> talking about we need to start taking tally of who's on the right side and who obstructed, you know, uh, our democracy and blah, blah, blah. These people don't want peace and they don't want healing. When they say we want peace and healing, what they mean is we want everybody who doesn't think like us to go away. Kira, how much of that mentality, because you're right, I've seen it too, and I, like you said, it's not just some idiot like AOC. These are established journalists, Washington Post, CNN, are saying we, we, we need to make a list so people can't get employed ever again. Just like weird things. How much of this is the left? That's just how leftists are. They've always been this way. They have to dominate everything and crush anyone who doesn't come along. And how much of it is Donald Trump that he just drove them insane because he drove some people this insane this isn't trump trump i've I always agree. said this and i know you have too jesse that trump is not the the disease trump is the symptom and and trump just came along and he lit a match and burned away all of this veneer that we've been depending on and coasting on for decades and decades now, this veneer of diplomacy, when when politics, as we are witnessing right before our very eyes, is very ugly, it's very deceptive. Um, the 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 corruption runs deep into every level of our government, both local and federal. It wasn't Trump that that made all these people this way. It was Trump that exposed them. The the all of a sudden the gloves were off. He made a lot of people take off their masks. So I don't think that Trump is the problem. I don't think he was ever the problem. I, I don't think he's the disease. I think he is a symptom of what's been ailing us for a long time. And in that respect, I think what he's offered this country for the past four years, and actually what I hope he continues to offer, is, is a mirror. And it's been really ugly. Oh. A lot of these people have been mad at us for a long time, but we weren't winning. They tricked themselves into Obama came along and changed everything. And now America was going to be great. All our problems were gone. They tricked themselves into thinking that because eight years of a ass kissing media that made them feel comfortable, made them feel safe, made them feel like, oh, half the country isn't ideologically opposed to us. Trump came along and was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, we don't actually have control. So. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of this is something that's been bubbling under the surface. And I hope that actually no matter what happens in the next couple of weeks, that that we're maybe we're headed into a, a better time moving forward, maybe sometime in the future, because at least we can all be honest with each other now. Oh, amen. I, I, I think it's fascinating you said that because I've had this kind of thought before. I agree, and I think part of the reason we see so much leftist anger out there now, I mean, these people look unhinged all the time. Like you said, they're just one, I mean, probably, and they're still completely miserable, is I think, I've had this theory, leftists never have to encounter a view from the right unless they seek it out. I mean, if you're a leftist, you have to go to the first. You have to go read Kira Davis if you want a view from the right. You're never going to be forced to confront it. 
If you're on the right, you wade in leftist point of views all day long. You can't watch a football game without getting blasted in the face with it. You can't go to the movies. You can't do anything without getting blasted in the face with it. So when leftists find out there are 70 million people in the world who don't think like them, it's genuinely a shock for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that... I mean, I would liken it to being a minority living in like a majority society. Like there are a lot of white people out there who who don't know a lot about how black people live their lives because we're not necessarily in every walk of life. We're only 12% of the population. It so it seems like I, I encounter surprise all the time about black life, black culture, but black people don't share that surprise about white life and white culture because we live in the majority culture right it's all we don't have to go look for these experiences they're around us and it's the same way with with our political ideology we on the right we we don't have to go look for these experiences this is the quote cultural majority right so it's all around us that's what the norms are for them the way we live our lives it doesn't seem normal and then we have tech companies like Twitter and Facebook actually building algorithms to make sure that we have these bubbles, to make sure that even in your social activity that you don't interact with with people who think differently from you. They make sure that your the posts from people you agree with come up first. You know, the recommended posts. Suddenly, you it feels like everything you think and do is normal and then everything else is not. I wrote an article at Red State the other day called Merely the Other Half. And there's a lot of people out there who are shocked that 70 million people voted for Trump and really 70 million people have a conservative or at least center-right mindset. And they thought, you know, there's something wrong with this country. This country's never been more divided. No, we've always been this divided. We're just, we're not the enemy. We're just the other half. We're just the other half of the country that you're never allowed to admit exists but we're here and no like it's not we've never been more divided we killed each other to the tune of 600,000 american lives over one of the most divisive issues in history the political tone has never been weirder thanks to social media but never more divided no and and i go back to my original point about how 8 years of the media kissing obama's behind and telling Obama that never asking him a hard question, never doing any kind of investigative reporting, never having any kind of contentious relationship with government, which is really what the media should always have. Eight years lulled our population into thinking that there was one point of view, one point of view only, and that was the right and good and righteous point of view. Because Obama didn't have any scandals. Kira, no doubt. Kira, which side would you have been on, the North or the South? <laughs> all right in all seriousness no, i'm not gonna make I that do... i'm not gonna that's a controversial question how dare you <laughs> in all seriousness what do we make of the old more moderate democrats dying and retiring i i, I don't think it's a, i don't think there's a, it's radical to say the Democratic Party is going to continue going hard left just from age. I mean, Nancy Pelosi isn't dead yet, but word is she doesn't even have the votes for speaker <laughs> yeah. as of right now. And she's 9,000 years old. Joe Biden's president, he's 9,000 years old. These people are so old. And AOC, I mean, it's fun to make fun of her because she's an idiot, but she is the future of the party. She's young. The future is radical for the Democrats. 
I keep telling people, do not sleep on AOC and the squad. I know they're easy to make fun of, but this is the future of the Democrat Party. And they're having their own civil war within their party as well. So, and all these leaders, they're getting older and they are going to start dying. And unfortunately, that's the only way you can get most of these people out of Congress is, is in a <laughs> in a hurry. But, but they are getting too old to, to do the job. The party is shifting hands. And I think that the older set in the Democrat Party understand that that's happening. And I do believe they're trying their best to move away from it because... I think it's a losing strategy, and they know that. Um, and you need, just need to look to California to see that, you know, California, even California um, flipped some blue seeds red this year. Like, that's how sick people are of leftist consequences and policies, and we'll put up with just about anything here. And even here, people are saying they've had enough. So I think that the older set in the Democrat Party, they're actually, they're going along to get along, but I don't think, I think they're a little bit nervous about what's coming up behind them. And it's obvious to me that they've lost control. Pelosi used used to rule that party with an iron fist and she has no control over the squad. And and, uh, I think that spells, frankly, I, I think that spells doom for them, but I also think if the Republican Party doesn't learn how to respond to that like now the republican party has become the party of the working class and now the socialists are the elitists so the gop needs to respond to that they need to respond to the momentum that trump has started among the working class and frankly among minority voters and they need to look at what worked look at what messaging worked and start looking ahead to the youth of their party as well because those are the people who are going to go up against the AOCs and the the squad gals in the future. Well, what messaging what messaging worked with minority voters? Because I disagree with people on this. I, I, a lot of people point to jobs and things like that. And I'm not, I'm not saying minority voters don't vote on jobs. Everybody does on some level. I think Trump's style was appealing to the Hispanic community. I think Trump's style is more appealing to black men. But then again, I'm white as snow. What say you? Yeah, I think it's a combination. And there's no doubt to me that his style, which is just, um, you know, I'm a businessman. You're a businessman. You know, like, do you want to make more money? Do you want to have a better life? Like, hey, give me a shot. Yeah, his style absolutely should be looked at. I don't think that that's, I don't think that's something to dismiss or unimportant. That is very important in your political endeavors, like how you message to people, how you reach to people. I'm not saying every person has to be Trump. But certainly there's some energy in there that, you know, is there's some wisdom to be plucked from that. But I do believe sincerely that the other message that works, particularly among um, uh, minority men, is the idea of, of being a master of your own destiny and the idea of building your own American dream. And what that, that's why rappers love Trump. That's what they love. Him. They are businessmen. And Trump is a businessman. And and rappers know that you've always got to be selling. You've always got to be making products to keep your name out there, to build your empire. And they responded to that in Trump. I think when the GOP comes with this combination of Trump and this messaging of, hey, you can be a successful businessman too. Here's the policies that's going to help this for you. 
Kira Davis, everybody. Redstate.com. Thank you, Kira. I appreciate you. We will be right back. Joining me now, Mike Sorelli. He's the author of The Talent War. He's also CEO of EF Overwatch. And Mike, if I remember right, you are a former recon Marine that then became a Navy SEAL. Please don't tell me you left my beloved Corps to become a Navy guy. Uh, Sadly, uh, I'm going to say that that's true. And uh, second, Uh, uh, happy 245th birthday to to you and the rest of the Marine Corps. Trust me, we celebrated it. Uh, in fashion last night at the uh, at the bar. Yes, uh, I actually celebrated with some of my Marine Corps brothers last night as well. So if I fall asleep during this interview, please know that it is absolutely not your fault. All right, Mike, tell me about the talent war. So the talent war is uh, something that we're extremely passionate about. My co-author, George Randall, is a also a veteran Army Mustang back in the 80s, 90s. He's been in talent acquisition for uh, 20 years this was an effort because we saw businesses struggle, mainly small to mid-sized businesses, struggling with the hiring process and how to build talent magnets. And so we, we thought we would help. We, we took the case example of the special operations community, which is a transferable blueprint of how to build a world-class talent system and, and give it to, to, to you know, our, our American companies and, and hope that uh, we, we can assist them in building those, uh, those talent designs. Yeah, I'm excited for your book because I don't, and I don't even get any dividends from it because I can't tell you how often, Mike, I walk out of a business, whether it be big, seriously, big, small, or medium, and I'm floored at a decent established business and the absolute morons they have running the place. Are people finding the wrong people? Are they training people poorly? What is a combination of the two? What is it out there? I mean, I have, I'm not going to name them. I have two different locations, same business, five miles from my house. They're, they're very close together in proximity. One has the most polite, well-mannered, efficient people. The other one from the same pool of talent has a bunch of morons. So I, I think it's the combination of both. First off, you and I went through the greatest leadership development program in the world, the U.S. military, hey, even more so the U.S. Marine Corps. Your ability to build te- uh, elite teams to continually develop your talent is muscle memory to you. That's what the military has been built. For a lot of these business leaders, they haven't been through a formal leadership development program. They don't know what talent looks like. They don't know where to begin. And that's why the talent war became that blueprint that that we're so happy to put out in the public. And and if I guarantee small and mid-sized business leaders read this, it will start to get them in the process of developing a talent mindset and, and then starting to wage an effective war in this war for talent. I swear on my life, I'm gonna buy this book myself and start handing it out to some of these business owners. Mike. Parents, I get emails all the time. So we talk about parent stuff on this show. I got two boys. Parents are desperate to have their children qualified to compete in this world all the time. And look, I tell my boys all the time, a simple yes, sir, no, ma'am, holding doors open, looking people in the eyes, shaking hands. That puts you in the top 80% of the society because nobody has manners anymore. What's something you would tell parents with young children today? Some basics they can teach their kids so in the future they're not dirtballs. Hey, this, this is a great one and one I'm passionate about. I think this is the problem with our U.S. education system. Is the one, number one subject that should be taught throughout all grades throughout high school, which would actually increase the talent pool for this nation, is leadership. And that's just not taught. Quite frankly, our teachers today are not equipped to teach that. Um, so this is where veterans come into place. I, I, I believe we need to get veterans into schools to teach them leadership, to teach them about character, 
to teach them about the attributes of a great leader uh, and basic skills needed to lead teams, regardless of whatever domain or industry they go into. But parents, you got to be actively involved in their lives. If you don't, you don't provide feedback, you don't provide that constant coaching and mentoring, and, and you end up with, with a son or a daughter who's not ready to compete uh, in a, let's say, hyper-competitive market, you, you've got no one else to blame. What's EF Overwatch? So EF Overwatch was, I found a gap in the market. It really is the nation's only military executive search firm. And I don't focus on Fortune 500s. I focus on small to mid-sized business leaders that put a precedence on leadership over industry experience. And so I can take high-performing veterans, military leaders, out of the military and place them into senior management roles without any industry experience other than they know how to lead. And business leaders, especially during COVID, have recognized that a lot of their, their employees were not equipped to deal with these chaotic environments. And for Marines and for military members, they're unflappable during times of chaos. Why go, and I was obviously giving you crap about it in the beginning, but why go from such a high-level thing, a, a Marine Corps recon, I mean, people do not realize that is elite of the elite, and then go become a Navy SEAL. You got some kind of glutton for punishment or what? Uh, the running joke in the SEALs, which they still called me the uh, Marine, so I still represented, was that I've been through more uh, assessment selection programs than anyone because then I went on yeah. to, uh, to JSOC. Let me tell you, and this is why the Marine Corps is so powerful, and this is why the Marine Corps has become a talent magnet, much like special operations. When I was 18, I met a staff sergeant from the Force Recon community. His name was Ben. won't mention his last name. The individual was humbly confident. He, he represented the whole man concept. He was respectful to everyone. He was articulate. And as a 119-pound 18-year-old, I said, I want to be that, that person. And that organization is the Marine Corps. I joined the Marine Corps. And then I met some SEALs. Same thing. I'm like, hey, I think that's my next challenge. And when you, as an organization, put people forward that represent your organization in such a fine manner, guess what? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because people that, 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 that want to be part of that organization, talented people, will start to apply for your positions. Mike, what about businesses out there that have to hire young people? Look, fast food's a great example. Businesses that you're only going to have young people. I mean, with all due respect, I'm not walking into McDonald's to, to apply for the fry job this afternoon. You're going to have 15, 16, 17-year-old kids walking in. You don't know about their home life. You can only deal with the young people who are applying. What do you do, your assistant manager at one of these burger joints or something, with, with the exception of banging your head against the wall? Where do you even begin with somebody who's already been trained and maybe trained poorly? Hey, industry experience is not an indicator uh, of uh, success into the future. So, you know, I don't play the general uh, generation game. There's, you know, the SEALs today are much better than my generation of SEALs. The Marines today were much better, are much better than you and I. So there are organizations like Chick-fil-A that hire very young kids in high school. And they have a very unique ability for assessing for character and the right attributes. And, and everyone loves to go to Chick-fil-A because the level of service is so high. If your town pool is 16, 17, 18 year olds, you better be assessing for character. Because guess what? You can teach them all the rest. If you have somebody that's trainable, you have somebody who has a, a positive attitude and a great mindset, hire them immediately. Mike, businesses are struggling right now still with being more mobile during, during this COVID crisis because you're, you're, you're missing that interpersonal. I mean, look, you and I are on Skype right now. I realize it's an interview, but that's how people are conducting their meetings, their corporate meetings now, and you're losing that personal touch. 
People are people are thrilled about it because they think it's going to cut, cut down on office overhead and things like that, which of course it will. I think it's going to hurt us as a country because we're going to be less connected than ever before. I think that personal touch is important. I, I think you're absolutely correct. And so uh, you lose that esprit de corps, and I know you know that term, that camaraderie. And, and we're quite frankly going to see these companies that are going to go all remote. We're going to see their innovation, adaptation, and their collaboration go down. You cannot be. You cannot replace people working in a common workspace with that whiteboard, working through ideas and concepts and, and driving or commercializing products. So uh, I think while COVID drove us into a remote environment and the American people did a good job of adapting, eventually we need people back in offices to drive this economy or, or we're gonna start to lose to, to our competitors overseas. Who are our competitors overseas? Are the Chinese eating our lunch when it comes to things like culture, when it comes to things like training their next generation? You know, you have to respect your competition. That's first and foremost. China's going to do whatever it takes to win. They're playing by a, a different set of rules. And, you know, it, when you're playing by uh, against a competitor who's playing by a different set of rules, who's going to do whatever it takes to win, you better adjust or, or you're going to lose. And, and right now, you know, people ask me what's my biggest sort of international fear. It's absolutely 100% China. Is it simply that, that they're training their people that way, or is it something else? Where are we failing, Mike? And so I think we're, we're failing in, in our talent pool. It goes back to the education system. Uh, if you've seen or if you've been over there, the, the work ethic uh, of the Eastern cultures, especially China, is it's impressive. And I think we've lost our appreciation for hard work. At the end of the day, you've got to be innovative, you've got to be adaptive, but it never replaces the need for hard work. We, as a culture, we need to start working harder. Mike Sorelli, the book is The Talent War. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. Semper Fi. Perfect. Semper Fi, man. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll be back. That guy was awesome. Hang on. It is Veterans Day, and I can't believe I'm going to say it, but check out this cool video from the Coast Guard taking down a drug bust. Auto to Barco! Auto to Barco! That's gonna be hard to get on! Auto to Barco! That was awesome. <laughs> also, I kind of want a submarine. See you tomorrow. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right?
You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.